Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaikum everyone, welcome back to the MSA Take. This is the third episode from the brother's side. Um, today I'm joined by Usman again. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. And our guest today is Junaid. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. Assalamu alaikum. How are you going? Alhamdulillah, be khair. How are you? Good, alhamdulillah. Alright, so um, this episode is going to be one where we dive deep into sort of Junaid as Dawa lead for the Shura, for the MSA. Sort of try to understand who this Junaid guy is. Try to understand his position in the Shura a bit. Um, and maybe we can all learn something beneficial, inshallah. Before we get into it, just a disclaimer that everything that we do say within this podcast is our own opinion and does not represent the MSA at large. Um, and any kind of Islamic knowledge or perspective should also always be taken from a scholar that's trusted and verified and not random MSA bros, um, inshallah. All right, so let's get into the actual podcast itself. Um I guess I want to ask these questions because I've actually heard a bit about it myself in the past, but I don't actually, yeah, I don't think I've actually had this conversation with you. So some of these questions I want to ask, yeah. I don't actually, I don't actually know the answers to these questions. So it's not like I'm doing Ooh. it just for the podcast. I actually want to know myself. Okay. Um, some might say I just set up this podcast so we can have a conversation. But Ooh. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question is, how did you end up actually joining the MSA? All right. It's kind of like, yeah, it's it's very interesting. Look, um, I, I was first year, like in the most of first year up until term three, I was very lonely, like legit had no friends because I went to Alpha Omega and uh, most, of the, most of the people just went to different universities like UTS. Only a few went to UNSW and even then like not of my degree, right? Um, so yeah, I was pretty quite lonely and um, what happened was I saw the Dao's, this is interesting, I saw the Dao's thoughts um, during term three and uh, I'm, I'm the first person I interacted from the embassy was a clerk. He mm-hmm. invited me. I'm like, I asked him, like, what's his thoughts about? What is this? You know? And he told me a bit and he directed me to Emory. And I met Emory and his then Emory, you know, one of my best friends, subhanAllah. I met him. We spoke a lot. We connected a lot. We're very similar um, in terms of what we like and st- what we like and stuff like that. We just started speaking about politics, Turkey, Ottoman Empire, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Um, Islam And I just tagged along with him And he gave da'wah And subhanAllah We connected well And out of nowhere Out of nowhere Legit out of the blue um, uh, This is like It's um, I think Week 3 Week 4 Whatever Term 3 um, Or week 5 I can't remember so, Or towards the end maybe Basically He he um, Walks up He messages me He says he wants to meet me We meet up at the library The main library We talk And Puts forth the question, um, do you, uh, I want to make you that way. He doesn't even ask me, bro. He just gives me the role. And uh, I'm like, obviously, I was nervous. I was like, what the heck? I, I, I don't know much, you know? Like, I don't know much about Islam. I'm not that knowledgeable. How the heck do you want me to be a lead? Right? I was I was quite shocked. Um, shocked and as well quite worried. Because this is a great role. And as I grew older, I started to, which we'll discuss later, but I started to realize is how, you know, you're responsible for a lot of Muslims. Allah will ask you for... For you, da- for the dawi that you've given, right? For the non-Muslims that haven't heard your message, Allah will ask you. Like it's, this role is not it's not easy. Um, so in light of that, yeah, he puts forward the question, and then I had no choice but to accept it. And I was quite keen. I was quite keen as well. Um, keen in terms of uh, <laughs> keen in terms of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was quite keen in terms of um, 
uh, you know, getting involved in the Muslim community and so forth uh, like that. Um, but yeah, that's my journey. It's actually, po- I think it's really poetic that you as yeah. Dawah lead, you became or you joined the MSA from the Dawah stores. Yeah. And now yeah. you're like the man in charge of the Dawah stores. I guess soon not to be, but we'll talk about that <laughs> maybe. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like come full circle. Right? Sh- yeah. It shows the whole purpose of the MSA. Um, which is basically to inspire others to be the best of yourselves. And mashallah, Junaid, it's a great inspiration to all of us. Um, uh, the way the way he does a lot of things is really good, mashallah. And we hope you can do it. Um, continue doing that as well. Um, I'll stem. I'll stem from that question and I'll ask you, why Dawa lead in particular? Uh, I mean, there are other um, platforms that you could pursue, but why Dawa? Um, look, basically. Um I myself did not know why Dawa did, right? Um, Dawa was not in my periphery at all. Um, in fact, um, I would have never thought I'd be the Dawa lead, honestly. However, so yeah, um, I didn't select it. Now, however, as you grow older and as you get involved in the community, as you do a lot of stuff on the side, as you meet older people, um, you start to realize your strengths and weaknesses. You start to realize what you're good at, what you want to do, um, and what you don't want to do, and what what's what sort of you know that 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 fits your character. And for me, you know, I started to realize irin, um, dawah, you know, uh, deeping um, into you know the Islamic sciences or whatever that may be. Um, I started to realize that that's my thing, right? Like I would, I'm not, I'm not the how do I say social activism guy where I can go outside, give speeches, and you know, I've done that um, with the Uyghur stuff, but. You know, that's the thing. You went to, once you do a variety of stuff, you start to realize, you know, like, what you can and not do. And a piece of advice I'd like to give is um, don't hold yourself back, right? Like, don't be afraid to put yourself out of your comfort zone. Because the only way you're going to progress, the only way you're going to learn um, is through getting out of that comfort zone. And alhamdulillah, like, I feel like I've done that. And most of the time, um, I was, in fact, forced to get out of my comfort zone. So, you know, being given the dawadi role, right? Um, that was not something of my own volition, and and yeah, uh, you start to get a clearer picture, and that's basically it. You know, Helped and answered it. Mm. So, um, you didn't choose that would lead. Would there? I, I know this is like a random question, but would there be any other role within the shura that you would have been interested in? Honestly, you didn't get that lead. No, no. no d- I mean, uh, if I didn't, I wouldn't know, right? Because. Once I got the lead, I started to, I realized that, okay, this is something I'm good at. If I hadn't, uh, I don't think any role, I would, I would still, you know, make sure I fulfill the hak, you know, at taqwa, whatever that would be, inshallah, but, for levels, but, um, nah, that would be just my thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, yeah, okay, so my next question, I guess, would be, um, you know, I think everyone has a transition where, they go from maybe not being maybe as practicing to really mm-hmm. taking the deen more seriously. Um, for you, when did you start taking the deen more seriously and what did that actually look like? That's a, that's a big question. That's a deep question. Um, I think, yeah, that's a good one. I went to Alpha Omega, basically. Oh, okay. um, I went to Alpha Omega and uh, I w- during year 11 and 12, and wallahi, like that has been one of the most um, beneficial um, really, the most beneficial moments of my life. I've met great mentors, um, like the ones who know, like Tariq, Fadi, Yusuf, 
um, they've helped me a lot. I've thing with Alpha is that they build character, and alhamdulillah, I was put in that stage. SubhanAllah, like looking back, even just talking now in retrospect, Allah has a plan for everything. So yeah, um, they build character. You know, I started to I gained more closer to Islam. I st- I, really tr- I literally asked, you know, because I grew up in UAE and um, Islam was just a norm there. Like it's cultural, right? You just you go yeah you go to the mosque like when you say you go to the mosque they think you're religious but over there it's cultural especially if you live close by. Um, you don't think why am I doing why like why am I doing this right? So I had that why moment. Once I sat down at Aisha, um, I think this is during uh, year eleven or even end of year ten actually, can't remember. So I sat down at Aisha Salah, and then I literally asked myself, you know, this is a concept in Islam. It's called mahasaba. It's self self uh, introspecting, you know, self questioning yourself, taking yourself to account. Um, I didn't know that back then. So I just sat myself. I'm like, what am I doing? What is my purpose in life? Like, okay, I'm a Muslim. So I went. I went. This 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 was my stage. Look, sat down. Why am I doing this? Um, then I start to question myself, like, what am I doing? What what is my you know what is my background? What is my culture? What is my identity? I said, okay, look, my identity is that I'm a Muslim. All right, cool. Then, what is my purpose in life? Purpose in life is to worship God, get closer to Him, know Him, right? And then, literally, it's just the two questions. I thought about it, I affirmed it, and that changed my life. So then I went. It's a. Uh, then I went on to you know Yunus Tabi Allah. You know. Um, I went through tests, hardships, trials, you know, that, that brings you closer to Allah. Um, but when once you question your purpose in life and you know that it's to worship Allah, whatever trials and hardships that you go through, it only brings you closer to Him. However, if you don't question your life, you know, like if you don't start questioning or start to realize that your purpose in life is to know God or you don't, you know, you don't even think about Allah. Some people, when they get tested by trials, they might not even come back to religion. They might, in fact, deter away, you know, seek um, seek the seek to fulfill the nafs through other means. So anyway, I went to Unistabi. Um, I wanted to finish my degree as well. Um, just finish it off, get off after four years, like everyone else. But Subhanallah, became da'wah lead. Um, and then, and then you know, like in terms of getting closer to Allah, I I met the MSA is just amazing. You meet a lot of older brothers. So one of my biggest, biggest, biggest um, um, how do I say key moments in life and key moments was even today's iktidar. I met him, um, I met all the brothers, and that's one thing, once you meet all the brothers, and, like, if you hang out with your own friends that are the same age as you, right, you don't really grow, like, I have many mates from Alpha where they hang out with the same people, and they don't grow, their worldviews don't grow, they, they, their belief system, you know, like, as in the, the level of thinking, their, their rationality, their, um, their, their outlook on life, right, it's very narrow-minded, and, you look at them; they're still, you know, they're still they act like kids, right? Um, they they don't grow like like it's been it's been like what five years, four years, and they're still the same people, and you find that a lot. However, <coughs> MSA is beautiful in that because you meet a lot of older brothers, and they're not the same age as you, um, and you, you meet a v- wide variety of people. That that really, you know, it it broadens your horizon. It it gives you aims. It gives you goals to look forward. And today I was that person. Um, Subhanallah, like you know. Um, and I think there's a sincerity aspect as well. You got to be sincere as well. You got to be humble, because if you're arrogant, you're not going to learn from anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, knowledge is, you know, they say knowledge is only seeked, um, is gained through humility first, humbleness. Mm. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you 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 mentioned a lot of stuff there, and I actually want to talk yeah. about a bit of that um, a bit. Um, so one of the things that you talked about was that why aspect, right? Asking yourself why, such a simple question. I feel like a, a lot of people that do become more conscious about the deen, that's sort of where it starts. 
but the people on, on and the inverse of that is the people that don't sort of become conscious of the deen which is you know the vast majority of people right like non-muslims and whatnot what you'll find is that they never stop in their worldly life to ever question but why am i actually mm. you know <coughs> going to uni why am i waking up in the morning and yeah. going about my day right it's like they're going from one distraction to another um, and, and it ties into what you said afterwards, which was the idea of growth, where when you're just going from one thing to another and you're not really questioning why you're doing that thing, you're kind of just existing. You're not mm-hmm. really living, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and you're existing and you don't experience growth, which is what you were saying. And we were actually discussing in the last episode with Farhan that um, um, what we found in the MSA was that it's like a, it's like a, like a process or like a, a factory almost where you go into it and when you come out you've grown you've become better you've become <coughs> your connection with Allah has deepened yeah. um, and I think that's <coughs> I guess so, ties into the goal of that people should have to really try and have that growth mindset to be able to um, live their life knowing why they're doing it and be on an actual trajectory where they're improving yeah. over time right um, yeah so, and yeah. Um, I'd like to add, so as I was saying, Iqtidar, right, exactly what you said. Um, Iqtidar was that person who propelled me further, and going back to trajectory, p- propelled me further. And, you know, um, he, uh, subhanAllah, like, you know, um, I, I went to the UMA, I did the Sharia course, course at, I think, um, second year, third year, I really can't remember, um, a third year, I think. Um, you know, then, then I, I extended my degree by a year. Um, I, I started, you know, I learned... Um, Hanbali fiqh, you know, I I dive deep into Aqidah uh, Athari, not deep, but like, you know, studied Athari with Tadar, level one. Um, and, you know, you, since that then, you know, I just, then I started doing Arabic as well. A lot of bros are doing Arabic, um, you know, uh, by some sheikh from overseas online. There's a lot you can do, see, that's the thing. Um, once you question, I think the most important bit is, once you question why, and once you have these other brothers that you can look up to, um, you can broaden your horizon. You can you can figure out you know what you want to do in life, and because I figured out you know, um, I, I, I like you know I just like Islamic sciences. I wanted to you know just learn learn about it, um, and yeah. But by the way, like me doing the Sharia course, Arabic, or even Hanbali, it's like I never. In fact, I was in fact put into positions like it's not like I I had the mindset of oh I want to pursue aim. That was never my intention. I, I just learned it for myself, right? Um, like one of the main reasons Like I even Was learning Arabic Or started learning Or um, Yeah started learning Arabic Is because um, I just wanted to understand The Quran So you spoke You asked me the question About you know um, What what You know Your journey of Coming closer to Allah Right um, I think the biggest Biggest impact was Is, is the Quran um, Since So when I questioned myself You know why um, During year 10 Um it's basically I started started getting more closer to Quran. So whenever I went to the train during year eleven and twelve, or even throughout my uni years, um, I used to um, I used to um, just read the Quran in the train with the translation, right? Um, and that Wallahi, that that changed my life. And Subhanallah, you know, um, I met a brother. Uh, his name is Yusuf. See that he's married now, Mashallah, great brother. Um, he's grown a lot. So we went to Alpha together, and we actually s- we had a group chat. Um, not group chat, just me, me and him, where we used to memorize the Quran. Um, not much, like just perhaps, you know, one verse a day, like literally this stuff like that. Um, and we used to send each other voice recordings. 
And we did that consistently up until, um, I think up until started this year as well. Um, then we just got, uh, he just got busy, got married and we got busy as well. But we did that consistently and subhanAllah, like uh, the thing I want to stretch stress on is um, is the Quran. Like it's beautiful, like memorizing it is not, is not restricted to just the uh, people who want to pursue and anyone can the Quran says we've been we've made it easy f- for remembrance memorizing and the beautiful thing is once you memorize the Quran you you start to um you start to view things differently you start to view the world differently like for instance let's let's um let's do this right for instance when once you wake up in this morning you go outside the door right or whatever you, everyone does that you're in the train right and you see the beautiful suns. You remember the verse, "Inna fi khalqi samawati al-ard, waqtilafi al-layli wa al-nahar la'ata ulil al-bab." Right? When you see the sun and the moon setting, the verse says that, indeed, in these are signs. Like Subhanallah, like why is it that the moon, why is it that there's a perfect time where, you know, throughout the day, the sun it's just perfect time, like twelve hours, whatever that may be, and then the moon sets after uh, Maghrib time, right? Like, and the moon starts coming in. Like, why is that thing? Like, it's it's there for us to sleep, or you know, we see there's a lot of oppression. Worldwide, like in in India, you know, they're turning mosques into temples. Um, in Uyghur, in China, you know, they're they're um, converting mosques into bars and whatever that be, right? And you remember the words, the verse, "Woman, other It's basically saying, and you know, and who is more unjust than the one who prevents people from entering the mosque? And you know, they only enter it by fear. And then Allah says, "Walillahi al-Maghrib, wajhullah." You know, where. Uh, for Allah is east and west wherever you want you can pray right and it's beautiful and you know um when you when you go to uh, you know just when you see beautiful animals like for example a camel or, or the mountains you remember the words you know um uh you know like how the mountains you know firm how the sky set, spread high for you or um it's beautiful and then you know we live in australia where we con- and our feel as well. We are constantly bombarded with um, mm-hmm. different ideologies, different people. Like no one really accepts you as a Muslim, right? And then you remember the verse, the verse, like the Jews and the Christians will never be pleased with you until you revert to their religion. So stay firm, right? And it's beautiful. Like once you know the Quran, you literally mm-hmm. view everything around you through the Quranic mindset, Quranic lens, and verses start to come to you, and it humbles you. Um, and subhanAllah, and yeah, that's just, that's that's probably one of the reasons why I wanted to learn Arabic as well, to mm. understand it. Yeah, subhanAllah. MashaAllah, yeah. um, <coughs> Junaid, you've shown the amazing and immaculate skills that you possess as a da'wah lead. I think this is why so many people find you as an inspiration um, to the MSA and why they enjoy uh, coming to your stalls and visiting you. So I thought what better way than to actually do um, uh, a, little, a little act. Um, let's say, for example, um, Junaid has his weekly stall when the library walkway and Junaid's standing. It's the 10 a.m. shift. Um, Junaid's run down. He's got everything organized. All the Qur'an's there. The brownie's there. And I'm walking to class. My class starts at 10 um, and it's 9.55, let's say. And I walk past Junaid and Junaid, he welcomes me with his beautiful smile and he says, here's the pamphlet <laughs> and he shows me the beautiful pamphlet. And I ask him, and I say, Junaid, I have one minute. I want you to prove Islam is the right religion in one minute. Go. Damn, okay. Um, look, there's many. First, you'd say, um, we want to prove God exists first, right? So you'd say a domino's effect. Like, you know, there has to be a first cause. Like, there's the domino would never fall. 
Domino's would never fall had there not been a first cause. That's one. Once the establishment has got normal ask, you know, what does it need to be one? There's so many religions out there. Then you can use irrational faculties, faculties, right? So God has to be um, God has to be one. Say there were two gods and God A wanted this phone that I'm holding to be black. God B wanted this phone to be yellow, right? Which color is it? So the one whose will overpowers the other will is the true God, right? By definition. Um, he has to be all-powerful. So we establish that God has to be one. We establish God has to be all-powerful. And we establish, you know, look at the universe around us. Like, this wouldn't have existed without yeah. power. He has to be all-willing. And that's basically it. So one, powerful, all-willing. Now, look at the major religions around you. So we've got Hinduism. Um, Hinduism, by definition, uh, what we just said, there's three qualities. It's eliminated there, right? You can go through the elimination process. Because there's many gods, right? Which god overpowers the other? Which one is the all-powerful? So that eliminates Hindus. Um, then you got Christianity. You know, um, the Quran makes this powerful will argument where Jesus didn't have all, Jesus didn't have all knowledge. Jesus didn't, you know, he couldn't create without the permission from his father. Like, um, there's that binding force that, you know, that that um, stops the members of the Trinity from, you know, willing different things, right? Um, so that eliminates Christianity, and it's not really one. So that's done. Um, then you got, you know, you're left with Buddhism. Buddhism is really a religion; it's mostly a philosophy that eliminates Buddhism. And then you're left with Islam and Judaism. They're the only two religions that say God is all powerful, God is one, and um, and you know, God has God is all willing. But even then, if you look at Judaism, you can't really revert to convert to it. Mm. Um, you have to be born a Jew, um, which I think is an addition in the Torah. To be honest, that's not that's yeah. not the real Jewish faith. But um, and you can see, like, the Jewish, there's, if you actually study the text, you know, there's many prophecies of Muhammad, like Isaiah 42. Um, and the Jewish text clearly says that we will bring forth a new nation, a great nation from Ishmael, mm -hmm. right? Which is the Prophet, <coughs> yeah. sister. And it has been changed. It has been corrupted. There's no preservation of Torah. And the only, thus, the only religion that you can revert to and is for mankind. And it's not a claim Muslims are making. The Quran itself says that the Quran is for mankind, um, which other religions don't, by the way. You only left with Islam. There's no other choice. Subhanallah. That's it. That's major what we just done. I feel like that's such yeah. a short Pure monotheistic. Yeah. Of the great skills that you possess, mashallah. Unfortunately, oh. it was um, two minutes, but Usman <laughs> was so captivated by the I answer was, was that he was willing to miss his class. I was indeed. Continue I felt listening. like, yeah. That was great. All right. So I think we'll start wrapping it up soon, but I have one final question for you, Junaid. So you're going to be leaving the Shura... Um, and the MSA yeah. very soon this year, right? Yeah. Um, and I want to ask, well, you know, you've done, you've been Dawah lead for, what, two years? Three. Three years. Mm. What's, what's, wha what's in store in the future for Junaid? What's, what's in the future? What, what, are, what are your future plans after you leave the MSA? Look, um, I start to realize that, um, if, like, there's, there's two th aspects, right? Um, there's people who do a lot of stuff and they do a lot of the energetic, they're very energetic in the community. I just want to give a background before I answer that question. So they do a lot of stuff. They're very energetic in the community. And they go all out once they join the MSA, whatever, during the first year, second year. But then because they do a lot of stuff, they don't give each thing a tuck. And as a result, once they graduate, they either burn out or, um, you know, they don't have that anchor, like proper mentors. So they burn out and they really don't know what the purpose in life is. They, they actually don't know, right? They don't know what to do. Yeah, they know the purpose in life is to worship God, but really, they don't, they don't know what to do, where to proceed. And there's another aspect, there's a second aspect of people who who um, 
sort of realized that like I was the same. I did so much stuff like like last year, and I start to actually they, they fail to reflect the first category. The second category people, they do a lot initially, um, uh, because they're energetic. They know what the purpose in life is. But then they start. They take a they they pause. You know they they you know they press the pedal on the brakes. They start to ponder on, okay, hold up. I'm doing a lot of stuff. Well, they start to reflect like which 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 stuff do I want to pursue, right? Which stuff am I good at? Which stuff do I want to focus on, right? Which stuff do I want to give its huck on, right? And once you do that, you start to realize that, okay, this is something I want to pursue in the future. Um, and this is something, you know, I uh, it's a lifelong journey, right? Um, so for me, people, some people might choose social activism. Some people might choose um, going to, you know, their own fields like law, starting a business. Um was doing other stuff, uh, teaching. Some people might do teaching. For me, um, because I was I was influenced heavily by Iktidar, um, and because you know I'm phlegmatic, so it's kind of my um, it's kind of my uh, I relate to it. And because I've been in the Dawa field, I started to I started I, I intend on pursuing it uh, further, um, inshallah. So that's my goal. So you know just keep it slow steady um and and surround yourself with people who have similar worldviews as well um similar sorry not worldviews but similar goals um and take the advice and that's basically um that's my goal yeah that's great um that, that was really inspiring Junaid. i have one little question um when do i need to buy the suit oh bro <laughs> we'll find out soon inshallah i don't know inshallah. any updates on that or what you what tell me, bro. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll probably wrap it up there then. Jazakallah khair, Junaid. May Allah make that future journey for you easy, inshallah. Um, and yeah, so thank you guys for watching. Jazakallah um, khair for tuning in. This was Junaid Ahmed. And we will see you guys in the next episode, inshallah. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Shadu la ilaha illa ant. Wa astaghfirullah wa atubu ilaik. Assalamu alaikum.